Our text today is in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 13, as we look at another one of the stories that Jesus told, Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 13, for our text today. My family moved here in 1957, and my father was the second person to be hired on the National Wildlife Refuge. And in those days, the government was buying private property in the Alabama swamps to make the wildlife refuge. And most of those people had small farms. And starting way back in the 1800s, they each had their own private dumping spot somewhere on the edge of the woods. So as kids, we used to find those old dumps and dig around in the trash looking for treasures. The main thing we were searching for was a Sour Springs bottle. In the 1800s, there was a fancy hotel called the Sour Springs Hotel that bottled sulfur water that came from the old wells down in the swamp. I can't believe they actually drank it, but they did. They bathed in it and everything. And if you could find one of those bottles back then, you could sell it for $17.00 to a collector who lived in Alabama. Now, most of the time, the bottles we found were broken. But we found all kinds of old bottles, medicine bottles and milk bottles, bottles that were made from hand-blown glass. Not worth much, but my father made a collection, so that was our treasure hunt. Old dumps, or sometimes old barns or sheds, where we looked for treasures that people left behind when they sold their property to the government. I personally never found anything of any value. (laughs) My father sold most of his Sour Spring bottles for $17 a piece, which doesn't sound like much money to you, but in those days it meant groceries for a week to us. And one time in the first house where my wife and I lived, There was a small door where you could crawl into the attic. I looked down inside the old wall, and there was a little old change purse. And when I pulled it out, it still had money in it. Some old coins, about $2.50 worth of old quarters and nickels and pennies. And when I checked them out, I found that they were worth about $2.50. So much for my treasure hunting. I used to watch the Antique Roadshow on TV, you know, and somebody would buy an old picture from a garage sale for 10 bucks, and it turned out to be a painting by a famous artist worth 10,000. That never happened to me, all right? I bought something for a dollar and found out it was worth 50 cents. So uh, that wasn't my strong point. In our text today, we find one of these stories that Jesus tells that made him such a popular speaker. It inspires the imagination of people from the carpenter's shop in Nazareth to the halls of power all the way in Rome. And in those days, there were no banks. And in violent and changing times, people would hide their money under the floorboards or in the well even buried in a garden or in a field. And if a person died, that money would be lost 
unless someone found it by accident. So it was much more a real possibility back then than it is today in this day of banks and paper money. But in Israel during Jesus' time, everyone, especially poor people, dreamed of finding buried treasure in some obscure hiding place. So it was that Jesus used that fascination with buried treasure to teach important lesson about how you can live for God. I'm looking at Matthew chapter number 13 as he tells the first story here in verse number 44. Matthew 13, verse number 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man has found, he hideth, and for joy go, thereof goeth and selleth all that he had, and buyeth that field. Let's think about Jesus' story for a minute. What made the man find the treasure? Well, my guess is that he was plowing the field. And he hit something that caused his one-bottom oxen-pulled plow to stop. Nowadays, great big plows and powerful tractors pull stones right out of the ground. But back then, the plow would come to a dead stop. And so the plowman would grab a pickaxe and a shovel to remove the stone if possible. But much to his surprise, as he swings a pickaxe, it breaks open an old wooden box down under the ground. And as he uncovers the box, he sees something shiny. And he drops to his knees. And there in the ground are gold coins. And as he reaches down into the box, why, it's more money than he's ever seen in his whole life. Two things are immediately clear to the plowman. Number one, it's a fantastic treasure. And number two, he doesn't own the field. And maybe the owner buried the treasure to reclaim at some future date or... Maybe it was hidden many years ago. It's been a long time forgotten and lost. What will the plowman do? If he's plowing another man's field, he's probably a poor man, a sharecropper, who does all the work for half the money. So he quickly decides what to do. Hide the money again. Bury it again in a secret place. Then go home and sell his house and make an offer, a very good offer, for the field. If the owner is unaware of the treasure, he'll gladly sell the field at the inflated price. And the plowman will own the field and dig up the treasure and be rich beyond his wildest dreams. So he goes home to his poor wife and says, honey, we're selling this house. And she says, why? It's the only thing we can truly call our own. Plowman says, because we're going to buy that field where I've been plowing. And his poor wife says, we can't live in a field. Are you crazy? Why would we sell our home just to buy a field? And the excited fellow says, I found hidden treasure. And if we own the property, 
and we'll own the treasure, and we'll have enough money to buy 10 houses if we want. So come on, Mama, <laughs> put everything up for sale. We're going to buy that field. So what does this story mean that Jesus has told? How do we apply it to our life? I want you to consider three things. Number one, there is a hidden treasure. Number two, it's in a field. And number three, it's worth more than everything you own. I'll start with number one. The things of God are hidden. The truth about God is hidden. God's plans are hidden. Now all these things are explained in this book, the Bible, God and his plans. They're all explained there. But in order to grasp those things, you must dig out the truth. The Bible is God's message to the human race, but it's not a little light reading that you can glance over once and fully grasp its meaning. And it's not what the Bible is. You have to reach down deep and dig it out. I've been teaching the Bible three times a week for over 40 years. And I still, today, have to dig down and look and search to be able to explain it. It's God's way to hide things. Jesus said he used parables to hide the truth from people who weren't really interested in the truth. For years the Catholic Church told his people, don't try reading the Bible. You might make a mistake and misunderstand it. I would tell you, Keep reading until you do understand it. It's a hidden treasure. It's written there, and you've got to dig it out. Number two, the treasure was in a field. It was not in a private garden. It wasn't in an attic in somebody's home. It wasn't in somebody's well. It's in a field where everyday working people can find it. God didn't write the Bible and then hand it over to well-educated and say, see if you can explain it to the rest of these people. <laughs> That's not what God did. That's what the Pharisees thought. They thought they were God's gift to the rest of the world and they had all the answers. Then along came Jesus and he proved that carpenters and fishermen and tax collectors could understand the truth. Don't think, don't ever think, I'll never understand this Bible. Don't think that. Work at it. Work at it. It's hidden treasure for you to dig up and for you to possess. You don't have to be specially educated. God's made it for people like you and me. Put it in a field where anybody can find it. Number three, it's worth giving up everything else to possess the truth of God. The plowman joyfully sold everything he had to own that treasure. 
And that, my friends, is exactly the way Jesus thought. He was sitting on his throne in heaven with everything he ever needed at his disposal. But he left it all behind. And he came to earth and was born in a stable and laid in a manger. The Bible says, though he was rich, yet he became poor, so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. He gave up the ivory palaces of heaven, his home, so that you and I might find hidden treasure. Jesus lived his life to reveal to you and me the secrets of heaven and all of its hidden treasure. Then Jesus adds another story to help us a little bit further understand it. Verse number 45, Matthew 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Here's a merchant's man. He's a businessman. His business is buying pearls. And he goes over land and sea in search of the best pearls that he can find. And then one day in his searching, he finds A pearl, large, shining, perfect, precisely formed. Its price, he will have to sell everything he owns. All of his pearls that he's collected, he wants to own the best pearl in the whole world, That's what he does. He liquidates all his merchandise, uses all the money to buy that one and only perfect pearl. So we have two more lessons from Jesus. Number one, this man has gone all over searching and searching. He made it his business to search. My friends, we need to make it our business to search out the truth. To keep looking. To never stop. Take advantage of every opportunity wherever you can learn more about God and His truth and His Word. Never be satisfied until you find perfection. And then number two, there is one great pearl. It's the ultimate pearl. You've collected other pearls, things you thought were valuable, things you admired, things other people said were nice, but none of those things can compare with the pearl of great price. My friends, Jesus is that pearl of great price. He gives us eternal life. My question is, how much is that worth? And can you get it anywhere else? He gives you a home in heaven. How much is that worth? 
And can you get it anywhere else? He washes away every sin until you are as white as snow. How much is that worth? And can you get it anywhere else? And it goes on and on. Rewards in heaven. Reunions in heaven. He'll wipe away all tears for, from our eyes. His kingdom shall know no end. Of course he's the pearl of great price. Other pearls fade into oblivion when Jesus shines. So abandon all the other pearls that you've been sold. Jesus is the pearl of great price, of infinite value, precious beyond all others. And so, my friends, we have these two stories told by Jesus, the hidden treasure in the field and the pearl of great price. Jesus is teaching us how things operate in his kingdom. Number one, there is a hidden treasure. Dig it up. Discover its value. Don't ever stop. Search the scriptures and learn the truth. These are the great treasures that you can have. Number two, it's in a field. Anybody can search. No one is restricted. No one is excluded. The treasure is there for you to find and don't let anybody tell you different. Number three, it's worth more than anything else. Give up everything and find the hidden treasure. Claim it for your own. Take the Bible and understand it. Fill your mind with it. Number four, make it your business to search. A searching heart will be rewarded. My parents taught me when I was a little boy, Jeremiah 29, 13. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Number five, Jesus is the pearl of great price. Your most valuable possession, priceless. Abandon all the other shiny things that this world offers. Jesus will be more valuable to you than anything else in this whole world. Find your buried treasure in your Bible. Read it like it was a letter written to you and you only. Sell all you have and grasp the truth. Understand God and His ways. Ask and receive. Seek and find. Knock and it will be open unto you. And then you attach yourself to Jesus and cling to Him and don't ever let go. Jesus said that's how things work. In the kingdom of heaven. May you become a wealthy owner. Of hidden treasure. May you possess the highest prize. Jesus Christ. Your savior. Your master. Your friend. Your precious Lord. God bless you as you search. For the hidden treasure. Shall we pray. Dear heavenly father. We thank you for your instruction. It teaches us to search. And to be hungry for these things. And to make sure we value what you give us. Because it's so precious. And so we thank you for being so generous to us. For giving up your home in heaven just to come down here. To help us to know you. We thank you for that. Bless us as we hunger and thirst for these things. We ask your blessing on these people because they are here today. Searching again. Make us always search 
always looking for more. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Closing, I'd like you to turn to page number 411. <coughs> 411, standing as we sing in closing. Break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me. Standing as we sing 411. Page 411. Show us the things that you want us to see in our life, the reasons why, and the things that we should seek for in this life. Help us not to look at those shiny things that the world offers, but at that great treasure, the pearl of great price, having that relationship with you in our life. May we put that in perspective and see 
that everything else is worth nothing compared to our relationship with you. We ask for this help. We ask that you would show us and reveal that hidden truth in our hearts. May your spirit work in the hearts of all these people in this place. Help us to seek after you in a daily fashion. We thank you for all of these things, and we ask for help and protection. Care for us, Lord, as we go through this week. And we ask, Lord, that you'd bring us back with joyful hearts and ready to worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>